Perhaps with a little help from the mental health hammer. Yeah, it's gonna feel great once it stops hurting, isn't it, huh? Hello, friends, and welcome in to this, the 207th edition of Fusebox, irreparably entitled Triumph of the Ill. And I am your losing ground, but gaining in stature every day, host, Mark Rose. And over there, poised for greatness, should it ever show up, is <laughs> the captain of compression himself, Milt Keynes, everyone. <laughs> Thank you kindly. So, uh, uh, this title is uh, what? It's based on a film? Well, yeah, loosely, uh, at best. Um, yes, a famous bit of propaganda made by Lenny Reifenstahl in 1935 called uh, Triumph of the Will. Yeah, okay. So, so I know uh, that you were uh, there during the premiere. So uh, let us know. Oh, how- now cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, th- this was about Hitler, yeah? Yes. Yes, it was. It was uh, commissioned by Hitler himself, and he kind of served as the unofficial executive producer on it. But uh, Miss Reivenstahl was director, producer, and editor on the thing. And in many ways, um, this film is an incredible example of the uh, selling of a candidate. Yeah, because... uh... Hitler was coming up in those days. Yeah. So this was what? His uh, (laughs) public relations campaign? Yeah, and a very powerful one, too. It uh, it covered uh, the 1934 Nazi Party Congress in Nuremberg, which uh, at the time had an amazing 700,000 Nazi supporters in attendance. Scary thought. Yeah. Scary times bring scary options. Yeah, you get to see speeches by, um, you know, Nazi leaders like Rudolf Hess and uh, Julius Stryker and sprinkled in with SA and SS troops and, uh, of course, uh, public reaction. Naturally, all showing support for Hitler and his uh, movement to return Germany as a great power with, of course, Hitler uh, as its leader. Make Adolf great again? <laughs> I never thought of it that way, but the initials lock up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, if the jackboots fit. The, the other ironic thing about this film is, of course, all the awards it uh, garnered throughout Europe for its technical achievements. As well as uh, the fact that during World War II, uh, Frank Capra's seven-film series, Why We Fight?, was absolutely directly inspired by Triumph of the Will and uh, what the United States' response to it was. The uh, film continues to influence films and uh, documentaries and uh, even commercials uh, to this day. Oh, uh, gives me the jitters, bro. Yeah. 
Yeah. But you sure that wasn't from the 11th cup of coffee this morning, huh? I mean, some of the things going on out there these days. I mean, it just makes you stop and wonder if we aren't seeing this same thing play out again. Yes. Some of it gives us pause for sure. Oh, and by the way, if there are curious folks out there who might want to see this thing for realsy, um, our friends at Synapse Films have uh, released a restored print of this a number of years ago, and uh, a link to that is uh, lurking down there in the show notes for you. I'll tell you, it really was a controversial release for Don and the company over there at Synapse, um, as you might imagine, right? Some folks, understandably so, um, have a hard time seeing past what it stands for or uh, what it helped to create, as it turns out. What? Political advertising? <laughs> Touche, Mr. Keynes. <laughs> uh, allow me to add here also, uh, because we, we would certainly uh, be amiss if we didn't uh, absolutely acknowledge the mess that Hurricane Ian swirled up in Florida in the last few days. Yeah, you know, we give them a lot of pokes. Yeah, yeah. But uh, no one should have to go through that kind of destruction. Indeed not. And uh, <laughs> speaking as one who experienced more than one soggy, wind-torn experience down there when I was living there, uh, it's no fun. So uh, we send out our positive vibes for those who are having to deal with that catastrophic calamity. Well, they're getting help from the Fed, yeah. Yes. But may I add something? Uh-oh. This from the Department of Vague <laughs> Histories Bureau. Friends, many may not recall this little tidbit. But lest we forget, the now governor of the state, Ron, the sand slug, back before he was a governor, in 2013, as a matter of fact, when he was just a newly elected congressman, he was one of 67 Republicans who voted against a $9.7 billion federal flood insurance assistance package for the victims of Hurricane Sandy in New York and New Jersey. Well, sure. They're all Yankees. Yeah. Couldn't quite see the benefit of that proposal. Too bad for those folks. But, you know, life's a bitch, and then you drown in muddy floodwaters. Eh, say la vie. Wait, so, so didn't he just... Kiss up to the president? Yes. Yes, he did, as if none of this prior attitude had ever happened, stating it was a time to put away all the partisan shenanigans and just do the right thing. Really? I, you know, I'm sure the folks trying to rebuild their tattered lives after Hurricane Sandy would have loved to have had your nonpartisan philosophy during their time of need, but since the waterway is at your front door... Well, it's a whole different day in the neighborhood, ain't it? Holy carp. Yeah. Just saying. So, uh, did, did you see that follow-up piece that uh, Regina sent us? Uh, yes, Mr. Keynes, I did. Our uh, social media maven, 
Regina Carroll, always the multitasking wunderkind. Yeah, I saw what you did there. Yeah, a little Germanic continuity. Yeah. Whatever. Well, uh, she happened to notice a news item that uh, follows up on what we were talking about on uh, the very last show. Uh, That being the accidental deaths of uh, several prominent Russian technology and uh, energy officials. (laughs) Particularly those who have spoken publicly and uh, against the war on Ukraine. Uh, This uh, report here from The Insider uh, says here, the former head of a Russian aviation research institute died a few days back, reportedly by falling down the stairs in the latest in a string of deaths of Russian officials. The Moscow Aviation Institute University, also known as MAI, announced the death of Anatoly Gerashenko, saying he died as a result of an accident by falling down from a great height, down several flights of stairs. Several flights of stairs, you say? Yeah, that's uh, that's what they say, Mr. Keynes. So then that means it had to be a really big push then. Well, it's inferred that he lost his footing. I'd submit someone took his footing and handed it to him backwards. Yeah. Well, it says here that Gerashenko was the Institute's rector until 2015 and at the time of his death was acting as an advisor to the current rector. The Institute, calling it a colossal loss, said that it would launch an investigation into the death involving uh, representatives from MAI, the Russian Ministry of Education and Science, and the State Labor Inspectorate in Moscow. And uh, we'll be looking for those investigators at the bottom of elevator shafts soon. Well, what's odd, of course, is that all the recent accidental deaths have been from the tech and energy fields. The one uh, uh, Gerashenko was connected to apparently developed several technologies with uh, military applications, such as AI, drones, avionics, and aerospace research, and, uh, of course, has ties with Russia's Ministry of Defense. You know, and uh, tying this in, on September 13, the uh, body of Ivan Pekorin washed up more than a hundred miles from where he had fallen off a speeding boat in Vladivostok three days earlier. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Anyway, Pekorin headed up aviation for Russia's Far East and Arctic Development Corporation and uh, had recently spoken at a conference where Putin gave the keynote address. The same corporation also lost its CEO, 43-year-old Igor Nosov, who uh, evidently died of a stroke in February. Now, was that from poison underwear, too? Uh, No underwear experts were consulted, evidently, Mr. Keynes. Uh, Prior to that, a further five executives or bosses, most of whom had links to the energy industry, have all died in rather suspicious circumstances since the beginning of the year. Nothing to see here. Well, except a lot of dead people, evidently. 
Yeah. Uh, back after a brief reset, friends. Oh, what a perfectly terrible belief. The Fusebox Show dot com. And we are back, bro. Well, splendid. You know, I don't want to spend a lot of time here, but、uh, I thought it was、uh, amusing that、uh, Representative Liz Cheney, she of the、uh, seemingly sensible yet dwindling part of the Republican Party, was、um, attending the Texas Tribune Festival last week, and while she was being interviewed, <laughs> dropped this little polite bombshell: the、uh, J6 committee evidently has received over eight. Hundred thousand new pages of documents from the Secret Service. Eight hundred thousand. Yeah, fancy that. Holy carp! Well, weren't they saying that they didn't have anything to send because they were, you know, changing tech or something, and everything got erased or some? Yeah,、system? yeah, kind of like that accidentally falling down seven flights of stairs thing, you know. Or taking a little clumsy stroll off the balcony, yeah, this didn't happen either. In your less than humble opinion, and it's correct. <laughs> <laughs> it's what it what it says is that there's a lot of communications here, and、uh, from a variety of sources, and、uh, some of the more critical pieces evidently are still、uh, missing from this、uh, collection. Assumed erased. Yes. Of course, you know what they say about assuming. It makes an ass out of them and them, or something. Anyway, more data, and the report that、uh, telephone calls were being made to the rioters outside the Capitol from inside the White House <laughs> is also a little problematic. Well, yeah, it was probably Matt Gates calling to see if there were any underage female insurrectionists in the crowd. Okay, you, right there. Just saying, what we're all thinking. Can't wait to see where this is going. The、uh, allegations are a piling up, and the indictments, well, they are a looming. Well, I just hope they get there before the next election. Yeah, that would be optimal. <laughs> So you know, we were having a, a, a really interesting discussion.、Uh, another one, actually,、uh, in the break room earlier this week. Who? You and me. We were. Yeah. Remember about the、uh, the randomness thing. Oh, that wasn't me, bro. No, I must have been that Russian tech or energy guy. What? I'm just covering my tracks in case you know they might be listening. They. Well, I mean, we've—you've been pushing kind of hard on that dead Russian guy's thing, and and well, I'm look—I'm not looking to end up at the bottom of a staircase. What? Hell, man, you've ended up there plenty of times. Well, yeah, but that was because I couldn't make it up the stairs. But、uh, well, in any event, the aforementioned Mister Keynes, who. Wasn't there? And I were having a discussion about the term "random" and how it really isn't as random、uh, as it may appear many times.、Um, well, you know, we got off on this because I was saying how I like the little、uh, dice button in a lot of the software these days. You know, you you push that, and sometimes happy accidents happen. 
A lot of times, actually. Aha! So you admit it. You were there. Who? <laughs> okay. So, yeah, as the phantom milt was saying, sometimes software has this uh, option, usually depicted by an image of a dice, or, or is that a die? I'm never quite sure. But by pushing that little button, you throw caution to the winds, and uh, every parameter will change on the current selection, giving you a sometimes very cool result, really. Sometimes ugly as shit. Yeah, sometimes much less than delightful, too, for sure. But uh, uh, fun, nonetheless. So the notion arose from this uh, chat that uh, really, even though by doing that it may appear random, it's really a very deliberate set of programming that specifies discrete parameters that will be, quote, randomized. It only appears random. Well, it's kind of like it tells the software, okay, pick a number from 1 to 127, but not number 379 because we only go to 127. Yeah, and each time you pick that number, decrease the potential to pick the same number again, and in the same setting by the specified number, which changes each time. And I think that's where I grabbed another beer. (laughs) Yeah, but but we were saying that maybe this randomness, even in life, may not be quite as random as it appears. Maybe it's just a very deep pattern we can't yet recognize. That's where my head started to hurt. That's only because that was your 12th beer. Well, yeah, that whole... Uh... What's it called? The, the maiden belch thing you were trying to... <laughs> the Mandelbrot set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a mathematical formula that creates this ever-changing, uh, ever-evolving pattern. It looks kind of like, uh, well, if you've ever seen a fractal image, it looks something like that. So no matter how close you zoom in, the image keeps going down farther and farther and endlessly evolving into more evolutions. Yeah, that thing. Holy carp. I I was looking at that video you sent, and it was like watching a playback of one of my acid trips. Oh, yeah. It's just pure mathematics. That's the amazing thing. And um, there's a link, by the way, to that video in the show notes for those uh, brave souls who uh, want to see what we're talking about. But be forewarned, this thing is quite hypnotic, and it's about two and a half hours long, but uh, very hypnotic. You think? Oh, yeah, I think. I I picked that one because of the screen resolution and uh, frame rate. It's really vivid. Yeah, I I know it tweaks a lot of folks sideways when somebody says, everything happens for a reason. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? Things do happen for a reason, but maybe not the reason you're thinking. (laughs) It was kind of an awkward tangent, but yeah, clever. Mr. Keynes, I, I see where right. you... I mean, do folks get uh, some kind of comfort from the idea that things are random? Would it scare the living shit out of them to think maybe that there really is an order to things? You know, not to get all religious on it and shit, but... Well, but you're right there. It's mostly the stance of uh, religions, that there is a, a, a divine purpose. Perhaps it's <laughs> Perhaps it's actually somewhere in between. You mean between a... Peyote trip and the lake of fire? Uh, so to speak. 
I mean, there is a kind of expected resignation in some religious circles, you know, the kind of self-imposed powerlessness uh, that's implied in many of those beliefs that I, I personally just, I don't buy into, you know. It's just a kind of passive... <laughs> yeah, a passive, non-proactive stance that I don't, I don't think anyway is a part of the idea for life here. Well, you know what? It is if you're a fan of hanging all your responsibilities on a middleman. You are the one you've been waiting for. Can I get an ahem? Ahem! The previous statements are the opinions of the hosts of the Fusebox program, and not necessarily those of staff, management, or the exotic Asian rodents that reside on the premises. Opinions! Yay! <laughs> hey, hey, I, I've been meaning to ask, what's, uh, LVX Eterna? <laughs> oh, really? You, you were going to ask about... No, 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 just had this hot woman on the cover, and I was... Oh, oh, I see, yeah. Well, I just had a glimmer of hope there for a moment that you'd actually be interested in a film like that. Well, you know what they say about hope. He who lives on hope dies of starvation. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot take credit for that. It's an ancient Turkish proverb. Awesome. <laughs> you know, I'm going to get a tattoo of that. <laughs> well, uh, to answer your question, Mr. Keynes, it's actually called Lux Eterna, by Gaspar Noy, um, the same gentleman who brought us wondrous uh, cinematic treats like Enter the Void, Irreversible, I Stand Alone, Climax, uh, among others. It's, it's actually about a doomed film shoot. Tragically huge egos uh, running in overdrive, you're sort of an emotional train wreck of people um, and, oh, oh, and, and a witch burning. Huh? Yeah. Uh, most of the script is improvised, and it was shot uh, just at the beginning of the pandemic. So there's that wrinkle. Um, was there an evil warden? Uh, no. Leather none? Uh, no. Sorry, Mr. Keynes. I'm going to flip all the cards and tell you uh, that this film uh, actually got made because uh, Gaspar Noy was approached by a producer friend of his who had a small budget available to do a uh, mid-length film, but uh, with a couple of teeny-weeny little caveats. One, it had to feature various clothing designs from the fashion designer who was putting up the cash. And two, that it had to be made really quickly, as I think they were running for a deadline to get this thing at, uh, shown at Cannes. And then, of course, the funds would uh, evaporate. What, they turn back into cabbages? Well, something like that. So uh, he enlisted a few of his associates and cast two of the leads uh, as themselves, uh, Beatrice Dallet and uh, Charlotte Gainsborough. Dallet plays the director of this, <laughs> this, this hellbound production. Um, they're supposed to be making a horror film, but due to... Uh, egos and continuous technical problems, the set just plunges into surrealistic chaos. Apocalypse then. A uh, very good analogy, Mr. Keynes. Yes, very much the uh, same kind of madness uh, ensues here 
Th- this was a uh, special midnight screening feature at Cannes in uh, 2019, and a- at the time was really highly acclaimed. Uh, but not everybody's bowl of chowder, for sure. Safe to say that really about all of uh, Noy's work, but I found it um, absolutely intriguing as hell and, uh, frankly, a little too familiar in terms of the rites of passage in, uh, frankly, any production. Yeah, sounds like something to put on while I leave the room. (laughs) Well, it's not a whip flick, Mr. Keynes. Oh, I love me some women in prison movies, bro. Yes. Yes, you do. I'm still waiting on your nine-star review of Love Camp of the SS. I mean... How could you not dig the shit out of this one? Uh, well, uh, there might be several... He's got it all, man. Uh, naked people, uh, a, a wicked female warden, uh, a n- naked people, whips. Uh, did I mention naked people? Oh, and uh, a yelling and... Sc- Sounds riveting. Uh, no rivets. I mean, if that's your thing, it's cool, but uh, no, I, I don't I don't seem to recall. Hey, wait, there is a scene with a drill press and an enema bag that was absolutely... And uh, for those interested in this rather uh, nice edition of Gaspar Noy's Lux Eterna, it's put out by Yellow Veil Pictures and distributed by the folks at Vinegar Syndrome, who have done some terrific releases this year. I hope we get to some of those. I have a link in the uh, show notes. And uh, may I also add uh, quickly a warning to those, too, who uh, might be sensitive to flashing lights at any variety. This film features a rather dramatic and extended sequence of that effect. Well, what if you put on a strobe light at the same time? Would it cancel it out? Eh... Thought-provoking question, Mr. Keynes. Inquiring minds want to know, bro. Well, please have them fill out their questions in triplicate and make 11 copies, color-coded and marked to be shredded, and we'll get right on their inquiries. That's really cool, bro. And with that, uh, we'll grab our soiled, life-size cutouts of infamous dictators and crawl out through the hole in the terrazzo floor. But not before thanking our contributor to this edition of Fusebox, Jody Lorimer, for excellence in ID pronouncements. And thanks as well to the infernal man of misery, <laughs> Milk Keynes, for technical assistance and so forth and so on over there. A true slice as never. Uh, hey, folks, if, if you dig what we do here, and, uh, well, even if you don't, subscribe to this here show, okay? Hell, it's free for Christ's sake. Do that wherever you found this show. Leave us a review, too. Nine or ten stars should do it, I think. Yes, and but also... Why not be one of the in the know who have joined us on Patreon? There's all sorts of uh, exclusive content, uh, early releases of this here program, and a super secret voicemail line that allows you to leave a comment, a message, or your grocery list. Among other exciting things, find us at patreon.com forward slash the Fusebox Show. And of course, there's a handy link in the show notes. And you can also visit the spiffy new Fusebox store where the cranky shop elves have been 
busy creating all kinds of fuse box related swag. Yeah, you really should check it out. Find it at the uh, link in the show notes or on our Facebook page by clicking the uh, shop now button or at the fuseboxshow.com webpage and just clicking the uh, swag tab. Yes, friends, it's that easy. And it's so good for you. So thank you all for pushing play. We know there are dryer vents to clean and sock drawers to organize by color and texture. (laughs) So we thank you for uh, spending your time here with us. And I have been your thoroughly engaged but napping intently host, Mark Rose, saying until our next cartoon. you